This podcast is intended for mature audiences and could be sensitive to some. Listener discretion is advised. The content you'll hear is based on our own experiences, opinions, and recollections. We worked as forensic scientists and investigated thousands of crime scenes between the three of us. We went to burglaries, homicides, and everything in between. If there was evidence to collect or document, we were your gals. All names and locations, including ours, have been left out or changed to protect the privacy of those involved. If you do know or learn these details, please be respectful to all involved and keep the information private. Incident assigned. Hello. Welcome back. Hi. Hey, hey. Number 10. Double digits. Yay. We made it. Episode 10. Say what? Thanks for hanging out with us and coming along on this journey. We have got, I have got quite a story for you guys today. Can't wait. I'm jazzed. Today we are going to, I'm going to tell you guys the story that it was me. I was in training on this one. So way back in the Whoa. day, you know. Think back <laughs> like 50 years, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the crime scene where my love story with blood spatter began. Dun, dun, dun. This crime scene, we solved it so fast, it could have almost fit into a TV episode. Wow. It was so exciting. Like an hour long episode? Almost. Like CSI Miami. Except for you'd have to edit it. We were able to find the killer in under five hours from us arriving on scene. Damn. Which is pretty phenomenal. That's insane. And it was all via blood stain pattern analysis, evidence, and following the clues. I hadn't had any training. My trainer walked me through it. We figured it out and found the killer. It was awesome. That's super cool. Can't wait. This was my first taste of recreating the crime scene. And after that, I was hooked, obviously. If you can catch someone in five hours, and we did it, kind of no other assistance. Obviously, there was further investigations afterwards, but it was pretty cool. We took two days after that to process the scene and everything, hours of lab uh, processing evidence, and then obviously the grand jury and then the court prep and actual jury trial. So are we ready to get into it? Yeah. I think we should also note that I, for one, don't know the details of this story yet. We purposely told you not to tell us so that this could be fun for all of us. Yes. I cannot wait to hear it because you're like the blood queen. So this is (laughs) like, if this is the one that got you started, here we go. Yes. You guys probably heard clips here and there while we worked together, but I don't know if I ever went into the story with you guys. This was a crazy night and I was at the end of my training, but this was one of those crazy crazy summer nights as well love it i love it from the blood queen i don't know if that's a compliment or not you're the blood queen i'll take it good i'm good with that <laughs> knowing her yeah there's worse things that could be called <laughs> all right let's okay, do it so we Go. we were in the office and this was a rare night where there was six of us working doesn't happen very often there was two trainees four fully trained but there was six of us working in the office it was between like 1 and 2 a.m., we got requested to go out to a stabbing. They had transported him to the hospital, and they thought that he was going to die. So we were kind of gearing up, trying to figure out who should go. 
I was getting ready for my testing, so I was running the show. So I'm running it all. My trainer is checking, like I did with you guys, checking that I know what I'm doing. Am I bringing the right resources? So I'm kind of deciding who should go since we have six of us. While we're waiting, another homicide comes in. No! Two homicides <laughs> at the same time. And I was like, uh, what? Like, excuse what me? A nightmare. Everybody be dying. <laughs> so therefore, now I has, I'm assigning people to go to them, so I take... My trainer and one other person with me, and then I send the three other to the other one, the outside one. I was out on the street, so I think that one was a drive-by. So I called the sergeants that were at both of them to see, you know, figure out the gist of each scene. One was an interior scene with lots of blood, a stabbing. He had been transported, and uh, I can't remember if he had died at that point or they thought he was going to die. And then the other one... It was outdoor shooting with some casings, maybe a drive-by, but just casings, and he was also transported. So I sent three people to that one, and then I geared up. We got all the blood chemicals because we figured if it's an indoor stabbing that we would be using a lot of chemicals with all the blood. And, of course, they call, and they say, there's blood everywhere, which... They always do. You know, interpretation. <laughs> interpretation to each their own. Depends on what experience you have and how much blood you've seen. Some people, it's like, whoa. Others are like, this is nothing. Yeah. So you sent the other three to the kind of boring scene then, is what you're saying. I did. <laughs> you're like, I don't want that one. And I'm getting ready for testing. I got to pony up. I can't be like, oh, let me take the easy slack take scene. Uh -huh. First off, my trainer would have been like, nope, we're going. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you really want to work here? Yeah. And she specialized in bloodstain pattern analysis. So that also helped me at the scene, like get into it and learn it. So we geared up, me, my trainer, and then another coworker. We got out to the scene, so probably around 2 a.m. Um, we got there, and our briefing was that the victim had called 911 himself, that he told 911 that he had been stabbed to death. Wow. Still talking at that wow. point. <laughs> and that he was in his home, gave the address. Officers arrived, and the doors were all locked, so the officers couldn't get in. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. You would think that if you have the wherewithal to make the 911 call, you're also like, hey, let me make sure they can get into the home. Right? But he was stabbed like 75 times. Oh, well. And he was on the ground. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. So he, so he didn't lock the doors after it either. So like, it's not like... Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Oh, tell us. Tell us. Tell us. Mm -hmm. So, so the officers questions. had to cut open a porch. The porch window was open, so they cut open the screen and crawled in through the window. Wow. Mm. Obviously, then opened the door for the others, got him out, transported him to the hospital, which he later did die because he was stabbed to death, but not as soon as he called 911. Legit but. stabbed to death. Sad. Mm -hmm. He was. He predicted it. So that's all we really knew at that time was that he called 911, said he'd been stabbed to death. Officers couldn't get in. We checked all the doors. They were all the ones that lock from the inside. So they weren't ones where you have the turn knob and you pull it and it locks behind you. They were all like you have to manually turn the lock. Hmm. Weird. How are the doors locked? The knife was in a different room from him from where he was found, but he was laying right inside the front door on the entryway. And obviously, I'm going to just state the obvious here. Nobody else was in the house. Is this correct? Correct. Okay. Nobody else was in the house when police got there. Okay. The plot yes. thickens. 
So when we got there, they had cut his shirt off. So right inside the front door was a large pool of blood and then a blood-soaked shirt with some knife wounds in it. Um, we were there processing the scene, and the officers, you know, go door-to-door to door and talk to neighbors and see if they hear anything. They came and told us that someone had heard around the time when they think that he would you know, called 911, someone heard a car screeching out of the alley. There was a post out there with some wood on the ground. Maybe someone had hit it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it's from today. Kind of investigated that. So let's get into the house. So I'm going to give you the layout. Was there any blood outside when you were looking around by like the f- post and stuff? No, not by the post. But we do have a blood trail that goes outside, but not by the post. Okay, you'll get to that. Sorry. I'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> so when you walk in the front door, walk in the front screen door, there's a big long porch that's as wide as the house. It's a two-story home. And then off to the side, that's where the officer cut the screen and went in. So he goes in there and then unlocks the door. When you come in the front door, there's a small entryway. I shouldn't say small. It's big for an entryway, but it's too small to be kind of a room for anything else. But you could put like a small folding table in there and chairs. Like it's a large entryway. And then that is where the victim was lying. If you keep going straight past the victim, right where he was lying was where the steps go upstairs. So it's a hallway and the steps go up to the left. And then there's steps that go down to the basement. So if you keep going down this hallway straight ahead is where the kitchen is. And then straight beyond that, it's a big room, a big kitchen and dining room. That's where the back door is, which was also locked. Down the basement was a landing with the other door that was also locked. If you come back to the kitchen and you take a right as you're coming down that hallway, then you're into a den and then a right to the living room and a right back to the entry. So it's kind of like a circle. You could walk this whole circle and there's just a wall in the middle. Hmm. So you could go from the living room to the den, to the kitchen, to the hallway, living room to the den, to the kitchen. You could kind of walk a loop in there. So he's laying right inside there. Where his feet probably were, not too far from where his shirt was, was the living room. There was a big, wide-open space or archway to get into the living room. And in the living room was, you know that, it's like a sectional couch, but it's all like foam or cushions. It's not, doesn't have any like structure to it. You know those couches? Uh-huh. They're like yeah. big sectionals, super cushy. That was around the whole like entire room. Should have been in a U-shape. There was blood all over the area rug. There was all those cushions were like tossed around. They were not sitting nice and neat put together. So all these cushions that should have been forming a sectional couch were all over. There was a bunch of CDs, some remote controls with BLS, BLS or blood-like substance. So it's looking like there's a struggle, like for sure. Like what's going on in this living room? Things are tossed. Looks to be a fight. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Yep, there was sunglasses, there was a bed sheet and a pillow, there was a cordless phone, the handset was in there, and yes, people had cordless phones, not cell phones. And I almost think you have to explain that. (laughs) A home phone. One that plugs into the wall, Mm -hmm. not a rotary one that you have to turn, you know. The base for it was on the floor, and then the cordless phone that he used to call was on the floor with blood as well. There was a wristwatch, and then there was a folding knife. And this folding knife wasn't your typical folding knife. The top of it, or if you you know if you hold it out blade side down, the top had a barb, Hmm. kind of brutal. Yikes! 
not knife that's going to, I don't know a better way to say it, but slide in and out of you. It's going to catch some stuff and do some damage. Huh. So this is not your, it's not one like we carried folding knives with us, everyone. I've never seen one like this before. Interesting. I've never seen that. (laughs) Yeah. So we're in the living room. There's a lot of blood. There's blood on the walls. So we're going to get into a little bit of blood spatter terms, but there's not cast off or blood off of anything. It's all contact. Like someone has blood on their hands and they're wiping it on the wall. So you can tell that there's bloody hands having a struggle, bloody shirt, someone's shoulder, right? So there's contact blood on everything. It's not blood being flung around during the struggle. Okay. Does okay. that make sense? Totally. So then you go into the den. So we're circling to the next room. There's blood on the floor in there. There's a pillow in there with blood. And then... That has a small couch in it, and there's some clothes that don't have blood on them, but just kind of on a, on that. But a small area rug and then a pillow, like a decorative pillow, had blood on it, and then a bunch of blood on the walls in there and blood on the floor on that area rug. So now we're looping into the kitchen, so we're kind of following the fight. Like, most blood is here, a little bit more blood there. We go into the kitchen, more blood on the wall, and now there is fabric impressions, like, on the ground, like impressions in blood that we can see. And so it's not a barefoot, you know, like ridge detail, huh. but you can tell that someone probably we we're assuming with socks or maybe they're kneeling or different things, but there's fabric impressions that we can see in the kitchen on the floor. Like dancing around everywhere. <laughs> they are. Was victim barefoot or wearing socks? The victim was barefoot. Okay. Okay. Nice. Mm-hmm. We did call the hospital and get that information, right? Cause that's important. When you start to see that, you see things that you think are sock impressions. It's good to know. Cause we've had other scenes. Well, this is my first one like that. And obviously I learned this here, but we have other ones that us gals will talk about where you, where you have that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, shit. So then you come down that hallway from the kitchen and there is more blood there. And then that's where the victim was found. So a bunch of blood, a shirt that was cut open, but one whole side was completely blood soaked, his chest area of it. Then if you go upstairs, upstairs in the house, there's four bedrooms and a bathroom. So just kind of your just run the mill house, four bedrooms and a bathroom, nothing particular or of interest in three of the bedrooms or the bathroom. But one of the bedrooms had a screen cut open. So the window was lifted up, a screen was cut or busted I don't know sliced I don't know if it was cut or they just broke through it or maybe it was like that before but the curtain the curtain that's hanging down is outside of the window and then there's blood on the screen oh what and there was blood on the stairs on the way up too so we did have blood on the stairs on the way up okay and then one bedroom there's a curtain sticking through the screen and then there's blood on the slit part of the screen like went out they yeah. Went out. Okay. went out. They broke out. Break out. <laughs> the br- oh, flashbacks. More oh, breakouts. <laughs> Y'all go back and listen to to the Bergs and Bandits. Number six. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Listen about that breakout. PTSD. When we're looking out the window, when outside there was blood on the roof and the gutter. Wait, well, that's interesting. On the roof? Yeah. So the second story window, there was a roof that went over the part of the kitchen. So they crawled out the window onto the roof. There's blood on the roof, blood on the gutter, and then below the gutter. What kind of blood blood are you seeing? Is that contact or like drops or what? What kind of stuff yes. are you seeing? Yes, all it was of the all above? contact blood. 
Not drops. We weren't seeing a lot of drops. There were some drops on the stairwell as well as some fabric impressions where you could just barely see, like, I think it's fabric, but it was so faint that I couldn't wait to get the chemicals out and use those, but we have to do all everything else first. So there's some drops and some impressions or some fabric and some ridge detail too. You could see ridge detail, some fingers okay. on walls and stuff. So there's ridge detail in blood on several walls, on light switches, you know, but light switch was just kind of by the wall that was bloody. I don't think they're turning lights on or off, just part of the struggle. It's like they danced around this whole area, a big fight, and he was stabbed numerous times. That person would have to be like pretty bloody. Yeah, you would think. Right. You said there's blood everywhere, but is it like little swipes? I mean, I know a lot of scenes we see on the wall, just kind of little swipes, or is it like blood bathy? It was in between. Okay. I think his shirt soaked a lot of it up because a lot of the stabs were in the chest mm. and some of the arms. And so I think the shirt soaked it up, and that's partially why you didn't see a lot of big swipes and or big like blood being flung around and stuff too. So it was kind of contained. The victim was where he was laying on the floor was right at the bottom of the steps where the suspect we would have thought would go up the steps then, which is interesting that he's at the bottom calling 911 or where he's found later. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. We're at the gutter. (laughs) Yes. The area of blood though was not the bloodiest you've seen. I would say there was minimal blood from what I was expecting when they say there's blood everywhere. There's probably like if you take, a gallon of milk or maybe two and dump it out like it's maybe one gallon it's not a ton okay yeah that's less than what I would have imagined okay yeah on the floor there was some on the walls maybe if you dump that out in all those rooms probably like a gallon or two of milk if you kind of dump that out and spread it around not a not a bloodbath and that's why like he wasn't bleeding that much he was stabbed a lot but he made it to the hospital before he died so I think a lot of that was internal due to the barb right obviously this is all my speculation I don't have the medical examiner report but I think that did a lot of internal damage that you know we didn't have a lot of the blood on the outside well if you think about it too I mean how much I I'm not going to pretend that I know the answer to this how much blood is in the human body so how much blood could there be really yeah there's no way to know I actually feel like I knew that but I can't remember (laughs) Um, because I started in nursing and that's like a thing also when you're in blood spatter like you look at and they do the medical examiner too. Our dismemberment case, like how much blood is on scene versus how much blood can someone live without, you know? Mm-hmm. I want to guess, but I'm going to be wrong if I guess. I have a number in my head, but I'm not going to say it because <laughs> I'm going to be wrong There's for sure. There's people screaming at us right now. Somebody <laughs> are. Like, it's this much blood. Oh my God. Somebody email us and tell us that, please. Yeah. I was like, or we could Google it. I was quick, like, if only there was matter. a way to know. <laughs> right? Oh, Google. What is this thing? We're not on Google right now, so we can't look. We're back in the in the cordless phone era. Come on. We don't right. have this. 50 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was a cordless phone, a new one, you know. I mean. Not connected to the wall. So fancy. Okay, sorry. Continue. Carry on. Yeah. Okay. So that, the amount of blood there, I mean, a gallon of milk can make a mess, though. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's a smaller amount than I would suspect, but it's not like nothing, so. Yeah, and it was all on the two area rugs, so it wasn't on the floor, which I feel like sometimes it soaks in, it looks like more when it's on the floor or something like that, because it's pools of blood, but this was all soaked into the carpets, and so Mm -hmm. there could have been more there, it just all soaks in. No doubt. 
Okay. And they're obviously moving around a lot. So then outside, we had blood on the roof, blood on the gutter, and then underneath where the gutter is, there's plants, and they appeared to be like flattened and smushed, just in that one area. Could be related, could not, but it's interesting that there's blood on a gutter, and right below it, all the plants are smushed, like someone might have landed there. Seems related. Not sure like Holmes, Seems but, related. you know. <laughs> right. Feels exactly. like they might have popped right down there, you know. <laughs> So then there was a sidewalk going back. We didn't find any blood or anything in between that. But then when we went to the back gate, there was blood. There was a gate at the back of the yard by the garage where the sidewalk went out. And there was blood on the gate post and blood on the gate. Like with friction ridge, like someone grabbed it. Contact blood again. Then we found a couple drops on that sidewalk leading out. There was a backyard garage leading out to the alley. So the garage, you enter the garage from the alley. And then you walk through the backyard to get to the house. So they dropped down from the gutter, ran through the backyard, so then they got to go out the gate by the garage that has a a sidewalk that goes by it, and there was drops of blood on that sidewalk. So, like, at this point, are you thinking that they're injured as well, based on the drops, or just the amount of blood that may have been on them with, like, the contact? So at that point, we started to talk about that, because that's something I was learning in blood. For sure. But we had the same size drop. And that's something that my trainer would have went over with me is, you know, do we keep following this? What are we thinking? And when it's the same size drop that keep reappearing, you assume you have an active bleed. If you have a lot of blood on your hand and you're swinging it, you're going to get less and less and less because you're going to keep flinging it off. And it's going to start drying, right? Yep. So we're thinking we've got an active bleed when we start, when we saw the fence and the gutter and all that, that's all contact. So we weren't thinking really active bleed. The stairs, there was a couple drops, but again, that's the first point from separation between the suspect and the victim. Yeah, it's wet at that point. Yeah. So then once we got to the, to the back sidewalk and there's drops there, that's when we were like, okay, maybe we are dealing with an active bleed. Mm-hmm. So then that's when we, again, looked at that post. There was no blood at the post. We went to the back of the sidewalk and then no blood trail. We lost it. Dang. Uh. So like, well, shoot. <laughs> bummer right that is a bummer we looked at the post looked around we thought well okay you know we heard that there was a car speeding away all the things so we went inside started examining things started looking through things started labeling things a little bit getting the lay of the land started examining the blood up the stairs a little bit more looking at that started photographing things right so we kind of started working a little bit and then as we started going up the stairs my trainer told me to look at the blood and think through it, you know. And so we we're able to tell then we looked really close. Before, we we're just kind of like getting a once over. So now we looked really close and we could see that they were, we could see the toes in the socks. And so we could see toes. So you could tell the person is going up the steps, you know, versus coming down. Like, we don't know. Mm-hmm. But now you can see the balls of a foot and the toes. So you can kind of give direction unless yeah. they're coming down backwards. But you're assuming, you know, you assume logic. Not that someone's coming downstairs backwards. So we're assuming the person's going up the steps. So these must have been like hard stairs, like wood stairs. Is that true? Or like I'm thinking carpet, but. They were like the plastic coated actually. So they're plastic uh-huh. with lines in it, like ridged almost. Oh, interesting. Okay. Like plastic over carpet? No, like over wood. It was a hard Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Like grippers. Yeah. Like a grip. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like a gripper. Yeah. 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 I got it. 
Yeah, it's not something you would typically see in a home. It's more of an industrial one, but it's like a gray plastic you put down. I remember there being lines because it was difficult to see. Like there's ridges, like grippers, like you said. But it was like a lighter plastic. Interesting. Yeah, I was thinking carpet. No. So I was like, uh, how the heck would you see like toes through that? But that makes way more I'm sense. Because I'm talented. It's like, dang, girl. <laughs> dang. Don't call me the blood queen for nothing. We did also <laughs> call her magic eyes. Magic eyes. <laughs> Do you remember we used to call you magic eyes? That's true. Obvious. Mm-hmm. Magic eyes or eagle eyes because I would find mm. all the casings buried deep in grass and just find things. Always. Very good eyes. Like, I've looked in that space three times already. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I'm here, I'm here. Why don't you look one more time? Uh, yeah. Okay, yes. cool. So going up the steps now, we could see toes and the ball of the foot. So we kind of give direction. We think they're going up. And the blood drops, the active ones that we're thinking is from an active bleed, are on the left side only. Ooh. So it's like left, okay. left. Okay. Then we round the corner. There's a landing. And then there's blood on the windowsill. There's a window at the top of the landing or on the landing facing out. And there's friction ridge in blood on the left side. They turn the corner, still going up the steps, left again. So this was very helpful because outside, it's hard to tell left or right, right? You're running down an alley or on a sidewalk. Like it's kind of narrower, but... It wasn't necessarily on one side of the sidewalk or another. It was just on the sidewalk. But this, it's like, well, you're going up the steps. It's a very tight, restricted, like you could place it, that it was con- continuously on the left. Yeah. Not on the right. There was nothing on the right. You're okay. Continuing. And not even the banister. Like you'd think they might grab the banister because they touched the wall. None. It was all left. Okay. So it's like, well, that's interesting. And my trainer said, what does this mean? I'm like, means he's got an active cut on his left hand? Yes? No? And she's like, Yeah. <laughs> I was like, cool, like, (laughs) yay. Nailed it. (laughs) But now what, right? And it's not a big cut because it's not flowing blood and it's not drops all the time. Because I've had some after that, actually, that you could, there was just handprints of blood because they were bleeding so bad. And often, fun fact, lots of times in stabbings, the suspect often cuts themselves because the knife gets so slippery with all the blood that they end up slipping and cutting themselves. So stabbings are a very good place that the first thing you look for when you get to a stabbing scene is you're trying to find the suspect blood. Yeah. So that's the first thing I learned at that one. Where's the suspect blood? There's blood everywhere, but what can you tell is the suspects? Because if we need to go get this DNA'd, which blood sample? There's blood all over. And it's like, well, this blood, I want this blood drop. I think this is the suspect's blood drop. This is who I would want to DNA first. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. You know, everybody who's listening and like myself, you know, you you use knives at home and anything that gets slippery. I mean, if you're cutting an apple or anything, like you have your hand right by like the hilt there and it slips right there. Easy. So it totally makes sense. Especially if you're stabbing into something, not just, you know, cutting down. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll get into some of my fun ones uh, later with other blood ones where, um, where they've cut them and finding the suspect's blood. Maybe we'll do a blood episode where I can just tell some blood stories. Yeah. At least one or two. Yeah. (laughs) Got a couple. Okay. So we figured this out and we thought, you know what? Let's go take another look out at the alley. We're starting to label everything. So we've got an interior, an intense interior scene, right? We're going to have a lot to do. We've also got an intense exterior scene. Not as intense, but we've got blood on the roof, on the gutter, on the back steps, there was, oh, there was also in the living room, there was drinking glasses with a liquid in them. Not sure what it was. Then there was a beer can in the fridge that was opened, but like 
in the fridge. Huh. And then there was some empty beer cans. So obviously we have no idea who the heck was here, but they left through upstairs, which is weird. Yeah, that's so weird. And there wasn't blood on the locks. Like they didn't go lock the doors afterwards or they didn't go like try to get out those doors. Why are you going upstairs? Did you forget where you were? Yeah, that's not the easiest point of exit. Just go out the front door, yo. You're right there. Did we, did you, we, not we, did you know (laughs) if this victim, so this was his home, did he live there alone? Do you know if he had roommates? I don't recall. I think that he may have lived there with family or friends. Okay. Okay. Not alone. I know there was other people. You could tell by the rooms that there was other people that lived there. I don't recall. And no one came home at that time. But I believe there was other people that lived there with him. Okay. So we had beer cans in the garbage in the kitchen. We had one open. We had drinking glasses with liquid in them in the living room amidst the scuffle. They weren't tipped over and they weren't bloody. But like I said, there wasn't blood flying around. But you're assuming they're not taking a break from the stabbing to take a sip of their drink. I mean, not normally. I'm here. No, you never know. Who's to know? <laughs> Who's to know? So out back on the back steps through the locked kitchen door or kitchen slash dining room, kind of one big room, there was a bunch of beer cans on the steps and cigarette butts and then, you know, knotted plastic. Knotted plastic usually used to contain some drugs, which are super fun to process for prints and DNA and stuff. The narc packaging. They're the worst for all y'all listening. (laughs) And you know you're taking them. You're taking all that stuff. So cigarette butts, cigarette... I don't, there's boxes. I don't remember if there's cigarettes in them, but you're going to process those. You're going to get all the cigarette butts for DNA. There's beer cans, several, and there's one out front in the porch. So, you know, you're taking all of those to see who was at this house mm-hmm. recently, maybe drinking yeah. a beer. Yeah. There was some boots, kind of like work boots. Well, like the Timberland boots. Yeah. That canvas. There was some of them those in the living room with blood on them. There was some clothes some white tennis shoes right underneath the window that someone went out and there were some clothes up there as well Hmm. so it was interesting but we're going to start outside because inside is going to take days days to do and we're going to use all the chemicals so we're going to get outside done that way one we can decrease our scene security because we've got cops everywhere garden stuff right so if we can decrease that at least we have a little more control of the scene it's all inside and in case it rains or something right so yeah. that way we can kind of control the scene more we're gonna get the outside done so we go out there to start focusing on that makes sense yeah absolutely then you can also you can always lock up the inside too and come back when you need to you can't really do that to the outside Absolutely. And that's what we did in this one. We did have to lock it up. Yeah. And you're like, this is the suspect stuff too. So if I could just yeah. focus on that for a minute. Right. Yeah. And obviously the locks work. So cops couldn't get in. They're good locks. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well. Okay. And so we started looking outside, marking all of that stuff with our evidence markers, with our EMs. And then so we marked our evidence back there with our ABCs. And then you you all know I like some organization as well. So we had our ABCs on our evidence, and I did my numbers on the blood trail. So intermittent blood trail with like one, two, three, four. So we're marking the blood in that. And then we use stickers on the fence posts and different things and on the gutters. Like you got to use stickers because you can't just prop that up there. Mm-hmm. 
So we did all that, and then we got to the end of the alley, or they got to the alley, the end of the sidewalk, and we're like, let's look around, do a really good search to see. We had been there probably a few hours, a couple hours at that point, like two or three hours. And so we had looked at everything. Now we're going to start our work. And we had already decided, or I had already figured out that it was someone probably cut on their left hand that ran out the back sidewalk, right? So we've got that. We start looking around, start looking at that post again, start just exploring the alley to see if we can find anything else. Otherwise, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to finish the outside or do the outside photos, video sketch, but we like to have everything documented in one swoop. We don't want to do multiple videos or multiple whatever. So we're looking around, looking around. The blood trail stopped at one side of the garage door and the garage part where the overhead door goes up. So the big one, you bring the cars through, it's a double garage. So the last one was on one side of that. We found another blood drop in the alley on the other side of the garage. So the other ones had all been pretty close together and there was leaves with blood on it in the yard and things. This is on the other side. So at least the whole garage distance, there was no blood drop. So we kept expanding. We found one more. Well, now the hunt is on. So we called everyone over. Let's go. <laughs> There's We get in a line and we all, it's still dark out. It's probably 5 or 6 a.m., maybe 5. And so it's still dark, maybe even earlier. But we get in a line with our flashlights. So that way we're not missing anything because we're kind of all spread out. And so we're like, oh, found another drop. Found another drop. Found another drop. Oh, dang. And we just kept going. So we found them going down the alley, and then they go to the back to the garage of the neighbor's house. And then they hook a left. They <gasps> go up the backyard or back sidewalk of the neighbor's house. No. <laughs> there's a blood drop. There's a blood drop. We're like, okay. Oh, my gosh. There's a blood drop. And then there is a back patio set, like table and chairs, and there's some blood on that. And there's a cigarette box with blood on it. Okay, some blood items. That's fine. Looking around, we don't see any more blood. But then I open the screen door, and there was blood on the main door by the door handle. And this is the next next door neighbor's house? Next door neighbor's house. Okay. Back door. Uh-oh. That's not looking good. <laughs> no. And at first, we're like, well, maybe he ran through the yard. Maybe someone, you know, took a shortcut, went down the alley, whatever. And we're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> or are so, you like, uh, there's a killer on the loose going to the right. next, uh, just next one. Right? Stabby, Is there more stabby, dead bodies stab. in there? Stabby, stabby, stabby. Yep. Better make sure they're okay. What in the world? No. So it had to be, I'm thinking now it's probably five o'clock. The homicide investigators were inside in the kitchen talking to the people that live there. In this house with the blood on the back door. Yes. At the time when I find the blood, like I find the blood. Oh, shit. And I look in the window <laughs> and the homicide detectives are talking to the group of people that live there. What? Is there someone that's like and, holding their arm? <laughs> and I ask, I look at my trainer and we try to figure things out. I was like, what? What uh, What do I do? Like, um, I think he's in there. Oh. She's like, I think that's a good guess. That's insane. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh my God! What? Yes, we go on right? the back act porch. Cool, guys. So act the back cool. there was a patio um, where this door was, where the blood was, and then there was kind of like a raised porch. And so the patio door went into like a stairwell, and then there was a door up over on the pat on a, like a raised wood porch or deck, and we could see him in the deck. So we went up because we're not touching this door either, right? We don't want anyone in and out of that door. 
So that's the window they were by. So we went and knocked on it. And I was like, can you, can you come here? And they're like, just a minute. And I'm like, nope. No, right can you? No, immediately. Right now? <laughs> and they look at me and I'm the new girl. I'm in training, right? So they look at my trainer like, are you kidding me? Is she and my for real? just shook her head yes, like listen to her. So Whoa. they came out and they came out right out of the door and held the door open. I was like, nope, further, further. Because <laughs> all the people are right yeah. there. And then I'm watching the people like, is anyone going to get up and run? Like, what do we do here? Like, oh, oh my gosh. So much adrenaline. (laughs) And I told the investigators, well, I followed the blood trail and I found blood and it goes to the back door of this house and it's on the back door. And they're like, oh, interesting. Okay. And I was like, if there's anyone in that side with a cut on their left hand, I think that's your suspect. Oh my God. And they're like, what? (laughs) Cut on the left hand. Are you crazy? They look at my trainer and she's like, listen to her. It's very CSI. <laughs> Whoa. Right? Yeah. And they look back at me. They look at each other. They look in. Couldn't see anything. And they're like, I think one of the guys had a cut. He said, to, one investigator said to the other, he's like, I think one of the guys had a cut. And I was like, well, that's all I have. I'm going back to the other house. So <laughs> goodbye now. <laughs> see you. Bye. Like, mic drop. So we let them go back inside. We went back in the yard. We also don't want to, you know, raise suspicions or anything. That's all we've got. And, you know, they, they trusted my trainer. She had been there a very long time. She was like the only person or the senior blood stain pattern analysis gal. So she was the blood gal. So if she says so, they're like, okay. And we did explain a little bit. They probably asked why. And we just kind of explained why. And, and my trainer was like, yep, nope, it's legit. We probably talked for five minutes, but it felt like forever to me because I was like, I don't, I don't know. But I caught him. I caught your guy. You're welcome. You're just waiting for somebody to take off inside that house, like just nervous talking. Right? Yeah. Watching these people talk. Or is he still there? Right? Did he go in, grab his stuff and leave in the middle of the night? Who knows? But there was a group of people. So I was like, there's someone in that group. Has a cut in your left hand. It's your killer. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So we went back and we started processing stuff we start looking around the backyard so we move on we're like we told them what we could we're gonna like move on we got to get our whole outside scene documented so that way we can get that done again in case weather comes in all the things but we gotta we gotta get going so we pivot back to that like the investigators will do their part we did our part we told them but now they need to do their part so then we start going around the house And we find a blood drop. There's a sidewalk that goes up the back of the yard and then around the house, like to the front yard. And there's a blood drop on the side of the house. In the murder house, not the neighbor's house, right? The neighbor's house. No, suspect house. Oh, suspect house. Okay. Suspect house. Dang. So blood goes up the back sidewalk and then a blood drop on the side. Okay. So I was like, oh, shoot. Did we get this wrong? (gasps) And that's it for this one. Make sure you subscribe and join us next time on episode 11 for part two, because every scene has a story, and that was only half of this one. Thanks for listening to Incident Assigned, the Yellow Tape Trio. Please follow and subscribe to our podcast, and don't forget to rate and review us. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Incident Assigned, the Yellow Tape Trio. If you have questions, comments, or would like to share your own stories from behind the yellow tape, check out our website, 
yellowtapetrio.com or email us at hello at yellowtapetrio.com. We would love to hear from you. While you're on our website, don't forget to swing by our merch shop and pick up some goodies. Don't miss our next episode where we dig into some more exciting crime scenes because every scene has a story.